So today, if you would, let's go ahead and start off in the book of Philippians chapter 3. The book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 12 through 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Now again, today is not about a sermon. My heart, my spirit really resonated that this was a moment that God wanted to speak a living word into you as his body. And those of you watching online, this is for you as well. You can take this as just information today or you can take it as a revelation for you today. But I believe that God's word has the power to perform what he says. And when God takes his word and he, he weaves it together, that there's an impartation that he's making available. And so today is about us moving away from all the conversation of the present circumstances that we find ourselves in, in the world that we live in. We know that our world has trouble. We know that our world has all kinds of things that could distract us. But God brought me back this week to make sure you're completely aware that the call of God for your life has not been canceled. That the destiny for your life is not delayed. Come on, my friend. That God knew you were meant to be born for such a time as this. And so today, there's an impartation, there's an anointing coming upon you to get back to the future that God has called you to help create. And so I want you to receive that. Sometimes we can get stuck in the present. And today we're going to get unstuck. We're going to get our heads out of the light and momentary afflictions that we're facing right now. Amen? And we're going to get back to the future because you're the body of Christ. You're the salt. You're the light. You're the city on the hill. If we stop pushing for the future, there'll be no godly future. Do you understand? You're the connection between heaven and earth. You are the body of Christ. You are his hands and feet extended. So if we stay stuck in the present, who's going to lead the way to the future? Amen? We're not going to leave it up to the politicians. We're not going to leave it up to those that don't know God. We have to go press towards the future. Amen? We've got to bring our children and our grandchildren. We have to help our nation move forward. We have to help our school districts move forward. We have to help our neighbors move forward. That means we have to move forward. Amen. You're the leaders of this generation, whether you realize it or not. And so if we stay stuck, then the world will stay stuck. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Have you found it in your Bibles yet? Verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained, this is the Apostle Paul talking, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself having to have laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind, I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to read it one more time for clarity's sake. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press, say press, that I may lay hold, say lay hold. So you see there's a press on your part, right? There's a, there's a, there's a pushing into, a leaning into, a going after on our part. And there's a laying hold, there's a grabbing a hold of something on your part. For that also that I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. I want to propose to you right now that, that Christ Jesus laid hold of you for something more than just going to heaven. You know, when Jesus called your name, when he called you out from darkness into his marvelous light, do you realize that he had a purpose for that besides just getting out of hell? He had a purpose for your life. He had a meaning and a timing, and he had something for you to accomplish that he knew what he deposited in you was for this day, for this generation. What I believe Paul is saying here is now Paul was saying, I need to lay hold 
of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me for. See, it's one thing for Jesus to have a thought or a mindset or a, a call on my life. It's another thing for me to agree with it and partner with him and lay hold of it and get serious about that call. Today, I'm asking you to get serious about that call in your life, to get serious about that destiny that God has placed upon your life. It's not just about getting out of hell and going to heaven, that God laid hold of you because he has a work for you to accomplish. He has an assignment on your life. And I know sometimes it's hard to believe that. You might look at the person on your left or your right, and you might think, well, they may have a call on their life. They have a destiny on their life. My friend, God knows how to use every one of our lives. And please do not throw this off and say, oh, this is a great message if I was in my 20s. If God wanted you to hear this when you were in your 20s, you would have heard it when you were in your 20s. Amen. You realize God doesn't believe he's running out of time with you. Come on now. Amen. We're the ones that put all these limitations on it and we think, oh, these conversations about purpose and destiny and the call of God, that's all for the young. No, that's for every single one of us. Amen. Your spirit is still young. Your spirit is alive forever. Amen. Your, your, your position may change. You may move from this earth to, the, to heaven, but you keep going, my friend. And how you end and how you launch into the next season of your life, praise God. Let's get, God can do more in six months than some people can do in 60 years if you just say yes to the call of God on your life. So the Apostle Paul is saying here, hey, let's get serious about this. You have to agree with God and say, I will now lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me for. And I will press on, amen? I will press towards it. I will grab hold of it, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go into the cloud of witnesses and the race that God has on our lives. Just before you get into Hebrews 12, you're going to see in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, if you're new to your Bibles, I try to give you a little background. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to see it with your own eyes. Hebrews is in the New Testament. You can go to Table of Contents if you don't know where that is and find it. But Hebrews chapter 11 sets it up about all these people of faith. Abraham. Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. He was well uh, old or aged in years and God still brought a nation out from him and his wife, Sarah. Now, I'm not prophesying over you. If you're in your 90s or 100 that God's gonna give you children, you'll walk out right now, I'm sure. You're like, I don't want that message, Pastor Kevin. But God used Abraham to bring forth a nation. God used Sarah to bring forth a nation. God used Noah to save the world and build an ark. God used Samson to save his people and deliver him from the Philistines. God used David, God used Gideon. David slew Goliath, you'll hear more about that in this series. God used a guy named Gideon that though he was from the smallest tribe, they were being overwhelmed by this other nation called Midianites and God used him to deliver God's people with just 300 men against thousands. And so in Hebrews 11, you're gonna hear this, we call it God's Hall of Fame. You have the football Hall of Fame, you have the baseball Hall of Fame, we call this God's Hall of Fame because God loves faith. That's his language. And people that will continue to press on and do what they were called to do in the face of challenge and difficult circumstances. What I want to show us in this next passage of scripture in Hebrews 12 is that hall of fame, that's that cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on right now, that are observing our lives and what we do with the call of God on our life. Now in that cloud of witnesses, every single one of them 
were called upon by God when the earth or life or the tribe of Israel was going through difficult times. Do you understand? That's when God needs the leaders that he presents to the earth to rise up. If the earth was all skittles and rainbows and unicorns, then you would never know that you needed any of God's assistance or God's champions in the earth. Are you understanding this? But God's team shines the brightest in darkness. God's team comes up and becomes all God created them to be when the world is in trouble. This is an opportune time for us to fulfill God's calls on our lives. Amen. Pressure brings it out. Amen. And so here in Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, I love that passage of Scripture. I'm going to keep going in just a second. But it gives us, again, a responsibility here. It says, let us throw aside and strip off anything that is slowing us down from fulfilling what God has called us to the earth to fulfill. That means there's always going to be excuses. There's always going to be troubles and reasons of why to delay doing God's call on our lives. And so God in his word here is saying, look, you're surrounded by the heroes of faith in heaven. And all of them had to say yes to my call. All of them had to say yes to big actions of faith in the middle of trouble when it wasn't convenient, when it wasn't celebrated. But that's how God accomplishes the kingdom in the earth. Amen. And he's telling us that it's up to us. It has nothing to do with the call. Do you see this? It has nothing to do with the power of God on you. It has nothing to do with the call of God on you. It has to do with us making a decision to stop being distracted to stop giving excuses to the call or putting it off to next year or a more opportune or more convenient time when I feel more like it or, or it's more whatever. God is saying it's our responsibility to throw off anything that is holding us back for why he has laid hold of us. Amen. And then it says not only to set aside all those things that occupy us and distract us every way, it says that also we could throw off the sin that so easily trips us up. That's another message for another day, but I love how God here doesn't give sin this huge power over our lives anymore. It's been defeated in Jesus over your life, amen? And so basically God's saying, I've given you dominion over sin. Stop letting that sin be the excuse that keeps you guilty and full of shame so that you're not fulfilling my call. Let's, let's confess, let's get that sin out of your life and let's get on with your life. Your life isn't to be marked by that sin. You know, getting over pornography shouldn't be 40 years. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing your life has been about. God's saying, let's deal with it. Let's repent. Let's get it off your life and let's get on with the call of God in your life. He's also not saying that that sin is gonna mark you where it's like, well, I don't qualify for my call because of that sin. God says, I'm taking care of that sin and your identity is in me. So let's just throw off that sin and start letting that sin be the reason why you can't fulfill the call of God in your life. Are you keeping up with me? You need to clap so I can breathe or else I'm going to pass out. Yes, thank you. Help a brother out up here. Let us run the race with endurance, the race that God has set up before us. Let's get back into the race. Let's get back into the future. Let's get back into running again. I feel as if our whole world has been on pause for the last year. 
And God is, that's why I'm saying today is not just about a sermon or something cutesy. I believe that God gives us divine words for a reason. You come to church for a reason. It's an interaction with God's spirit. So God knew who was gonna be in the house today. God knew who was gonna be watching today. And I'm telling you, from the bottom of, top of my head to the bottom of my feet, or either war, from the top of my, bottom of my feet to the top of my head, doesn't matter which direction. I just know from every fiber of my being, God is telling us to get on with a call of God in our life. God is telling us to get back in the race. There's still a future to create, church. There is still hope to be brought to the earth, but we have got to stop waiting for permission from the news media, waiting for permission for the circumstances to change. And we have to realize the call of God came from God to you. The gift of God came from God to you. He knew where you'd be, he knew what you'd walk through, and he knows why he laid hold of you. Now you must lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of you. Stop playing around with it. Some of you have been playing around with your call for years. God told you to write the book. Start writing the book. God told you to start singing and writing songs. Start writing the songs. God told you to start blogging and putting things on the internet. Start doing it. God told you to go into your workplace and start a prayer meeting. Start a prayer meeting. Start doing what you've been called to do. Come on. Let us run the race that has been set before us with endurance. Why is this idea of endurance? Because it's not a short race. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. That you know what, doing something for God takes work, it takes effort, it takes time. It's not like you're just gonna see the work accomplished in the next like seven hours or something like that. You commit to it, you diligently work after it, there's gonna be times you wanna quit, but you run the race with endurance. Why? Because I know God put me in this race. Here's the deal. God puts you in this race. The devil's not allowed to take you out of this race. Don't give him that much power. And other people are not allowed to take you out of your race. Don't give them that much power. You run your race. They didn't put you in the race. You're like, well, they're, they're not applauding me or they're not celebrating my race. He's applauding you. The, the cloud of witnesses is applauding you. If you're being faithful to the call, it doesn't matter if everyone else sees it or appreciates it because you're running for him. And it's your race. It's not their race. And don't get focused on someone else's race wishing you were racing their race, wishing you had their call. Their call wouldn't fit on you and your call wouldn't fit on them. Embrace your call. Embrace your place. Stop letting jealousy divide the body of Christ, jealousy of calls, jealousy of anointings. Start to value who you are and what God has done with you. He's smarter than all of us. And he needed you. He doesn't need you to be me and he doesn't need me to be you. He needs you to lay hold of your call, of your race. And I'll say it again, the devil's not allowed to take you out of your race. Other people aren't qualified to take you out of your race. Amen? So when people fall out of their race, sometimes we give the excuse, oh, it's because of so-and-so. It's because they hurt me. It's because the devil did this. We're giving them way too much power over our lives. The truth is, is we chose to step out of our race. Come on, let's be honest. The devil doesn't have that power unless we give it to him. Other people don't have that power unless we give it to them. God sent you on that race and he meant you to finish. And so if you're not running it fully right now, we can't blame someone else and we can't even blame the enemy. We just let those things become our excuse to getting off our course. But that's also a great thought because that means by making a decision today, you can get right back on. You can get right back in your race. You don't have to wait for the devil to change. He's not gonna change. You don't have to wait for other people to change because they're not gonna change. It's not your responsibility to wait for them to change or to change them. The only person you can control in any relationship is you. Did I say that too fast? The only person you can control in any relationship is you. And so you don't wait for them. You go back into your race. Amen. 
back into the future that God is calling you to create. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, I find myself when I start to feel like I want to quit or I'm incapable, I find that my eyes have gotten off of Jesus and my eyes have gotten on other people's opinions. My eyes have gotten on circumstances. Matter of fact, that's kind of where our country is right now, where the church is right now. Our eyes are so fixed on circumstances. We're so fixed on waiting for the world to change. We're so fixed on the things around us, and what, the, what the enemy's doing or what this group is doing or what that person is saying. The Bible tells us how we run with endurance. How do we run this race successfully? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, you called me. Though I'm not qualified, though I don't feel worthy, you called me. You chose to call me. And you saved me. And you put gifts in me. And you sent your Holy Spirit and, 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 and baptized me in your Holy Spirit. I put my eyes on Jesus. When I put my eyes on Jesus, I'll tell you what, my problems and my mountains get a lot smaller. Whatever, whatever excuse, whatever obstacle comes my way in the race, when I compare that obstacle to the size of Jesus who has called me, who is in me, and I am in him, then that obstacle now doesn't become impossible anymore. The only times things become impossible is when you start to think about it without Jesus. Are you understanding this? And we do that, even in our call. We don't realize that we take the burden of the ministry, we take the burden of the call, we take the burden of whatever God's dream is in your life, and you take it on you. Would you please put those things back on the shoulders of Jesus? Let the government of our peace be upon his shoulders, amen? He didn't leave you after he called you. He didn't leave you after he sent you in this race. He didn't expect you to run the race for him. He expected you to run the race in him. Come on now. In him. In him we live. In him we move. Woo! And we have our being. Come on now. Man, if I had a handkerchief, I'd wave it at myself. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor on God's throne. I want to talk to you about that line where it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. I have this chair here because I want it to... Help us with your imagination. I want to use your imagination today. It's important that we get a clear image of what God has spoken over our lives again and what that call is and what, he, what, what race he's calling us to and what he promised you, what he showed you in your, in your prayer time in a, in, a, in a retreat or a conference when you came to an altar. God gave you a picture God spoke a word. That's why it's important to write the vision down and make it plain. And what I want you to imagine, if you would please, is that this chair represents that dream or that calling in full manifestation in, in your life. And here we are over here right now. If a year from now or two years from now, we're going to see this dream in full manifestation. So, we're going to go through some stuff between now and then. So it's the clear image of what God has shown you that's going to keep you running the race 
towards the vision that God has spoken into your life. See, the Bible says that for the joy set before him. See, Jesus was here and he had to endure some stuff. He had to endure that cross. He had to endure that suffering. But he saw something over there that kept him motivated to run his race all the way to the end. Amen. And it was you. And it was you set freed from sin. It was you no longer under the thumbprint of the devil. It was you being brought into the body of Christ and being seated with him in heavenly places. It was you that he saw. You functioning, you running, you being free indeed, amen. So for that image, for this image, which he saw so clearly, it kept him moving. It kept him running that race. For the joy set before him, he endured. He kept going one foot after the other, one foot after the other. He didn't give up on the call. He didn't give up because the devil got too aggressive or because no one understood who he was and people didn't, people didn't clap that he was dying for them. They didn't, they didn't know what God had called him to do. They didn't understand it. That's why you can't let other people's validation be your motivation. Come on, woo, come on. You cannot let other people's validation be your motivation. Someone needs to write something on that. You need to make that a bumper sticker. Or you need to make it a coffee mug. If you don't, I will. I'm going to sell that thing. Come on. Do you see what I'm saying? That clear image. So many times, one of the reasons we've quit our race is we forgot what God told us. We forgot what he said. We forgot the gifts. We forgot the picture. We've lost the picture of the dream, the picture of the call for the joy set before him. And so what I'm gonna ask God to do today, rather than me just saying, hey, get back in the race, little camper. Come on, you need to do this because that's only gonna motivate you for a little while. You know, feeling guilty about something only motivates you for a little while. But when you can be inspired and motivated by a greater call, a greater dream, it's worth getting out of bed, isn't it? You know, what, what got you out of bed when your little ones were, were brand new babies? It's because of the, this family that's in your heart and it drug you out of bed. You know, some of you that are, have built companies and businesses, what caused you to push through and push through? Because you knew what you wanted and it was worth getting the education. It was worth the long hours. It was worth what you had to do to build that thing. Well, what's that image now? What's that image that God is asking you? So today is not about me just saying, get back in the race, start running. I'm asking God to remind you of what he spoke to you. I'm asking God to clarify the call again. I'm asking God to supernaturally open your eyes to see one year from now, five years from now, if you start running that race and setting aside excuses and setting aside distractions, I'm asking God to show you the thousands of people that will come to know Jesus because you say yes today to get back to the future. See, this is the future. This is the future. But here's the thing. If we get stuck in the present, if we stay focused on just what's happening right now, we're never gonna see that future because that's a harvest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do one more little thing here before we kind of bring it to a landing. But I want you to see that that future is a harvest. And if that's a harvest, that means there's seeds that have to start being sown in order to produce the harvest. Are you understanding? 
And so if we're just stuck over here in the present, and the only, the only things that we're sowing is the present, then we're not sowing towards that future. Every action you commit towards that future produces that future. That means if that future is going to be produced, there has to be seeds of prayer to produce that future. If that future is going to be produced, there's going to have to be actions involved. You may need to go back to school and get a little bit more education for something God's called you to do. That's a seed towards that future. But if you're sitting here saying, well, because of COVID, I can't, well, you need to plant that seed of furthering education to get to that future that God's called you to do. Make sense? Or maybe it's about reaching out to some family members or some neighbors, or maybe there's some ministry things that God's put in your heart, uh, helping those that are in, you know, getting trafficked, you know, in human trafficking, helping. We have a beautiful ministry I just saw a couple weeks ago, the pregnancy center here, helping young moms you know, make a decision to keep their beautiful babies. And it's about getting involved. And, but you can't be like, well, after COVID is over, or once the world opens up, the kingdom of God never closed. And so getting involved is your seed. Doing the next right thing God has called you to do is your seed. And if you don't start planting seeds towards this image, towards this future, it's not going to come to pass just because you want it. It's going to come to pass because you sowed towards it. It's going to come to pass because you did the action required in sowing the seed to produce it. But again, why would I sow those seeds? I sow those seeds because I believe in this future. Because I believe in this call. I believe in this dream. And so that's the win today. If you can sit in your chair and those little notebooks that we give you, they mean a whole lot. We want you to write things down. We want you to remember. But God may whisper in your ear, even right now, something he spoke to you from years ago that you've forgotten. Write it down. God said, I'm going to bring 10,000 people to Jesus. God told me I'm going to build an orphanage. God told me I'm going to write 10 books. See, get the clear, and those, but don't just say write 10 books, 10 books that will do what? Get the heart behind it. It's not just writing for the sake of writing. This is the motivator. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Run the race. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And all of them lived in inopportune times, but yet God called them in those times to do great acts of faith. Amen? What if Noah would have said, you know, God, this is an inconvenient time in my life to, to build a boat, an ark. Could you come back? I, you know, a little stressed right now. No, you got to say yes. And you have to start sowing. You have to start sowing towards that future. The, the future God spoke over your life is greater than these momentary troubles. Open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Are you getting anything out of this today? Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For the present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they will produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them, and that glory will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our eyes on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now, they'll soon be gone. But the things we cannot see, those are the things that are going to last forever. See, God, give us eyes, to faith, uh, eyes of faith to see the unseen. To see what you're creating in and through us. Help us to stop staring at the current situation, the current circumstances. Help us to see into the future what you want to build. 
what you want to build through Calvary, what you want to build through your personal life, what you want to build in Orlando. God, give me a clear image and may it be a big enough image that it motivates me to action. See, that's one thing is sometimes we live lives that are under-inspired. I heard, I think Pastor Manning put it on a post a few months back in his Facebook that uh, people aren't as much tired, they're living uninspired. Isn't that powerful? God, give us a vision that is big enough. And the truth is, is it's not, we don't even have to ask that. God's vision and God's call in our life is big enough. It's just us seeing it. God, give us eyes to see what it is that you have for us. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I believe it's one of the strongest laws in the Bible as well that you can count on. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. I want to pause there. You will always harvest what you plant. The Phillips translation of that same verse says, a man always reaps exactly what he sows. He reaps what he sows from the seeds he sows. A man's harvest in life is linked completely and entirely to the seeds he sows, which is why I go back to this illustration here. If we're going to receive that harvest, and if our harvest is linked to the seeds we sow, then we have got to start sowing the seeds towards that harvest. That's running your race. That's making the, the choices and the decisions to do what God's calling us to do, one step closer to that vision, one step closer to that calling. We're not waiting for that calling just to manifest on its own because we just hope it manifests or because we just have a passion for it. It will manifest because we sowed seed towards it. It's the same thing with Calvary being full. I love praying that this house is full and I believe one day we will see this house completely full, multiple times over, but it's not going to happen just because we want it to happen. Amen. You can want something all day long, but you have to sow seeds to make that happen. One of those seeds is Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Calvary Praise. That's one of the seeds. Another one of those seeds, ask people to come to church with you. <laughs> and we could all sit there and say, man, we want our church to be full of, of new salvations. Well, let's bring people that don't know Jesus. We can want it all day long, but if we don't sow the seed of asking there'll be no harvests of new salvations. Amen? We want our church to be the friendliest church in Orlando and to run so efficiently so that everyone's needs are met. I'm so glad you said that because that means you have to help us sow the seeds and get involved in our guest services. Because you can want the church to have good guest services or you can sow yourself into the guest services and we'll create a harvest of the best guest services rivaling Disney. Come on now. But it's not going to happen just because you want it to work. Did I just lose some friends today? <laughs> Come on now. Get a clear picture of what you want. And then sow the seed. A man's harvest in life is linked entirely to the seeds he sows. Let God speak to you today about this harvest, this call, the race the anointing, the, what God has laid hold of you for today. To pull you out of that stuck place, to pull you out of that stupor. Don't give this up. 
Don't give this up. God laid hold of you and God gave you that assignment and he gave you that dream not to make you feel good. He gave you that dream because it was a solution to something in the earth. It's not just about you. Are you hearing me? God doesn't call you to do stuff to make you feel good and like you're, you know, like you have something to do with your time. God gives you the call because there's people on the other end. There's hearts, there's lives, there's, there's families that are going to come back together because you said yes and you did this again. You got involved again. There's little kids that are going to come to know Jesus and they're never going to know the addictions and the, the broken lives because you got involved in kids ministry or nursery and you prayed over them and you helped put their feet on straight paths. And so those kids are never going to know that, that what life is like outside of the kingdom. And that's awesome. You know, there's missionaries that are going to be sent and other, other nations that are going to be challenged and changed because you kept going with your race. You kept doing what God had assigned you to do. Don't give up this vision. Don't give up this future. Amen. This will also keep you holy. Come on now. Because I am working on something. God has got a call on my life. I don't have time to go back to some old lifestyles. I don't have time to go back to old bondages. I don't need those old voices in my life. That's not who I am. I'm working on something that's motivating me. I'm running toward something that's greater than what I left behind. Why would I go back to Egypt? Why would I go back to sin? Why would I go back to my old life? What I'm building is so much more exciting. What I'm building is so much more life-giving. It keeps me on the path to run my race and to say no to the other things. But we've lost the vision and we start getting caught up in, in the immediate. We start getting caught up in the momentary and we get caught up in the light affliction and we forget about the long-term manifestation of God's promise over our lives. And so let this motivate you today. Remember the dream. Remember the call. Get back to the future. Do not excuse yourself because you think you're, you've aged out. God's the only one that has the authority to call you home. Come on, my friend. As long as you have breath in your lungs and as long as you're on this planet, you are the salt, you are the light, you are the city on the hill. You look like Jesus to the devil. Doesn't matter how old your body is. To the devil, you look like Jesus. Come on now. Your words are just as powerful as Jesus. Your hands laid on the sick are just as powerful as Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and he will quicken your mortal body. Stop giving yourself excuses of why you aren't called or you're not anointed or someone else needs to do. You need to do what God's called you to do. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.